Hello and welcome to Story Mode, a video game podcast. I'm Simon Evans and today I'm joined by Jesse Munro and Keelan Simpson to discuss the recent no-build mode in Fortnite, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, as well as the PlayStation Plus revamp. Make sure you follow us on social media at Story Mode AUS and keep up to date with the latest gaming news at storymodegaming.com. Enjoy the show. I've spoken to multiple people who, ex- like, they, they are sure water does taste different from one source to another. Someone once described a specific brand of bottled water as tasting thick. Tastes, mm. like, way thicker than other bottled water, which is... I don't get it, but <laughs> no, okay. See, I is, understand. This is like when wine drinkers are like, mm, yes, it tastes like a summer morning. No, it tastes like fucking grapes, Bill. Calm the fuck <laughs> down, okay? <laughs> That's what this is. No, you're not interesting because you look. Water can taste. Uh, there could be some differences in water. Yeah, taste, yeah. no doubt, no doubt, hundred percent. Oh, this is gonna thick. This is gonna require a provincial taste. This one. Shut the fuck up. But it's water. But Drink it. My point. Mix it with Ribena like an adult. <laughs> See, but my point being that you know you said oh you can almost taste the minerals. Yeah, because that's a that's a thing. You absolutely can. Like a lot of filtered water that you get removes a lot of those minerals and that's perfectly fine because it is clean water but i'm worried if i don't stop you soon you will talk about water for 45 minutes <laughs> you wet dick, wet just man dick joke. quickly yeah quick yeah. Get your dick joke um, out of here. whenever somebody mentions evian um i remember that in a late night tv show interview with an ex-partner of his i don't think it was ex-wife because i think she unfortunately passed away but somebody said that liam neeson has a dick like an evian bottle God, so, <laughs> fucking hell! That was not a mental yeah. image I needed in my head. <laughs> no, you know he's doing taking because he's sure given. <laughs> tell you what, <laughs> tell you that much. Anyway, should okay, we talk about video uh, games <laughs> on this video game? No, podcast no, no, no need for do. video games. Actually, there, there is one more drink I want to mention. <laughs> for fuck's sake! When I was in, <laughs> it's not because it, this moves the conversation from drinks to food. Okay. When I was in Japan, they have uh, vending machines in every corner, and they have hot drinks and they have cold drinks. Yeah. Hot drinks would be, you know, coffee and something. They're really cool coffees. So you open them and it sets off a mechanism inside that heats the coffee up. It's amazing. But they have one for corn soup, chicken and corn soup. You twist the bottom and you wait however long, like a little chemical reaction in the bottom that heats up a plate, that heats up the soup. Guys, it wasn't bad. (laughs) Just walking down the street drinking soup out of a can. Honestly. It wasn't bad. Nice. Nice. I, I'm sure it would be okay. Conceptually, it's poor. But but the th- the thought of it is you know, not not super appealing to me, at least. Oh, but you know, on the topic of vending machines, that Kirby game, though. No, you did the wrong <laughs> thing. I was going to start with this other topic, and I had a perfect segue into it. Say, Too late. Speaking of not things not appealing to everyone, Fortnite. Oh, nah. Simon, you've, you, I'm driving down the road, and you've gone full... Full stand film clip with Dido and Eminem. You've grabbed the wheels and you've driven us off a bridge. Okay. I'm just trying hey, to write a letter to Keelan. My, my, my segue was good. All right. You got to give me that. Like giving you shit. <laughs> giving you something. 109 episodes. I get nothing for all my good segues. Uh, <sighs> I mean. Mm, I see. Okay. Uh, actually, no. Uh, yeah, no. I normally give you some credit. That's what happens when you don't build me up enough. Speaking of not building enough, Fortnite has removed its build mode. Um, So everyone knows Fortnite. The main gist of the game, a battle royale game, the thing that makes it different is the building mechanics. The fort part. Which stem from the initial, you know, the primary mode when it was released, the uh, save the world mode where you fight against hordes of zombies, you build up your base, yada, 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 yada. That didn't do great. So they did a battle royale. They introduced those battle, uh, the building elements, and it kicked off. It became a worldwide phenomenon, which has petered off a little bit, but still massive. Um, in one of the biggest changes to the game to date, Epic has removed building. Now, this is a narrative device at one point. There is a very strange, convoluted narrative to Fortnite Battle Royale mode, which can be interesting at some points, wanky at others. Look, it's just a vehicle to drive changing the map and introducing new gimmicks. I'm all for it. Raul Coley is now in the game. I'm very cool with that. Some cool guest stars. Um, the whole thing was you have to fight to get building back. It was over like a nine-day event. That finished. 
And then they also introduce a now permanent no build mode, which has had mixed reactions. Now, Keel and I have played a little bit of no build mode and Keelan, I want to get what your reaction to that is. Okay, two things. First, I'm just going to start off here. From a story perspective, how did they stop people from building things? Did Close they, all the bunnings. They used, my <laughs> theory is they used a massive magnet and they just sucked all the nails. Just all the nails from the map. I think they, they did mention... So, I, look, I, I'm guessing things because often the new season starts, I watch the video that explained where the story's up to and I just... I, anything I don't in. take much in. Yeah. But I think the whole thing is like not real. So things can be... I don't, why am I even trying to explain it? I don't fucking... So Spider-Man has a shotgun. Well, Keelan, Spider-Man has yeah, a shotgun. On, on that as well, like Simon, seriously, like I had no idea that this game had an actual story. And there are these like highly produced, really tightly cut cutscenes. They're, nice. they're like, they're really well put together. They've got good voice acting, the sound design, the visual design, everything. It's immaculate. It's like, it's so well done. It plays like a once at the beginning of a new chapter of a season. And then like, you never see it again. And the rest of the storytelling is like inside of the battle royale games that you're playing and stuff. Like it's, it's a really interesting way it, of doing things. It's a things. highly polished, perfect marketing machine. This game, yeah, which look isn't a bad thing because a, a lot of games wish they were this. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I like it because it's it's different and it's not something that I've seen before in like video game and narrative. Um, but on the topic of no building, though, oh man, all of a sudden I feel competent playing this game, <laughs> Jesse. I feel like I know what I'm doing because it's <laughs> no simple. build mode has been one of the best things to happen to people who are over 30. Yeah, right. Because we can't keep up. Simon, you see seriously. kids playing this game and they're building towers. There's they're like a skyscraper within 10 seconds and you're standing there like, how do I reload my gun? Like, I was like, oh, I've got to press R1. I'm going to look at the control with R1 on yep, the right. Yep, yep. I'll look down at my hands. Click. It, it, it's painful. I, I I gave up on building. When we, I've been playing this game for a few years now. Um. And I kind of refused to build, which meant, oh, you know, my first wins took a while, longer than Oof. I'd like to say. Yep. Because um, I refused to play the game that way, but I was still having fun with it. I didn't really care if I won or lost. Uh, it was still a fun game. Taking away the building has made things feel right. Because often what happens in the game, it's my biggest complaints. I love the start of a match is the best part of a match to me. Because everyone lands, everyone's on equal ground, and you're scavenging for weapons. When you land in an area that's like buzzing with activity, a bunch of people land there, and you're all running to get the same gun, that's exciting. That's the opening scene of Hunger Games when everyone's scrambling to get a weapon. Yeah. That was the best part of that film because everyone tried to get a weapon. Um, and you know, when you're you've all landed in tilted towers and you're the only one who leaves, to me, that sometimes feels better than a win. Because that's proper chaos. But then you get to the end. Of, you get to the end of the, end of the game, and then suddenly all the hard work you put in, all the scavenging you've done, all the amazing sniper shots I've landed because I'm fantastic count for nothing. Because there's some kid whose brain actually communicates with their fingertips properly, unlike me, <laughs> um, and they're able to build these massive towers, and they kind of. It, it just turns it's into their way through the game. It, yeah, it, gross. Just, it just turns into this weird situation where you are essentially traversing these user-made objects, trying to get to these people, but they are they have essentially infinite resources to block you from attacking them. It feels really frustrating because a I don't have the reflexes or the skill or the knowledge or the ability to do what they're doing, and b I have no tools to overcome that either. So, well, so in some of the later seasons, they have introduced a few tools. There is the uh, fire propagation. Mm -hmm. So you can hit something with like a fire sniper or fire arrows. It'll burn down over time. Molotovs, blah, blah, blah. Um, and also there are some sort of some stink bombs and stink arrows, stink grenades, stuff like that, which can help clear out a building. But exactly. something that also bugs me about it is building is such a clear sign of where people are. Yeah. If yeah. you see, if you end game and you see a building going up, you know what they are. It's like, okay, well that's kind of, 
remove the fun of the hunt. I know where they are. Now it's a question of how do I get them, which, is, you know, it can be fun, but I really like, like, are they behind the bush? Are they behind the rocks? Now, with that gone, they have cleared this game up for older people who don't want to deal with that bullshit. Uh, and they've also introduced a bunch of new gameplay mechanics and weapons that are really helping with with how this mm. all works. Your run speed's a bit more. You also have an auto-generating shield. You can slide, and now you can finally, finally vault over objects. Hey, finally. Uh, a lot more this has been something I've been, I've been bitching about for ages. Good. You can vault over things, and it actually works really well. So rather than having to build up all this bullshit walls and stuff like that, running towards somebody, you know, sliding underneath them and, and shooting with a shotgun feels cool. It feels like Apex Legends now, <laughs> which is uh, the traversal in the game is the best in a battle royale game. So that is what you want to emulate. And yeah, they've done yeah, a really good fair. job of it. Keelan, do you have any concerns with the the no build mode? Um, look, I don't really think that there's anything about the no build mode that is a negative. I am very glad that it's not a permanent thing that is forced on to people who like it building. They split it. They're yes, not two that, modes. That's, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Oh, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm glad yeah. that it's not a permanent thing because when it was initially introduced, it was for everyone playing Fortnite, regardless of whether you like it or not. But now at least you have the choice of which queue you want to play in. So I'm glad that they've done that. That was my only concern and they've resolved it now recently. So, yeah. It's good. There are a bunch of pro players who are angry at this still, right. even though it, they don't have to play this mode because it's dividing up the player base, which will mean more bots will come into the game. So harder to find a game. All right. Yeah. Fair. That's Not so much valid. Hard, like, it's valid, but it's also like, guys, you're you're a pro. Just like. I don't think a bot is going to really be okay, your this concern. Is a call out. This is a call out to all Fortnite professional players. If you are scared of no build mode, I'm considering that you're scared of me. Okay, <laughs> I've already won the battle. Okay, Jeez. you can go, you can go build, you can go do your better homes and gardens bullshit. I'll be in the bushes. We're gonna get into trouble like now. They're coming for you, yeah. Jesse. Um, another question I have is how will this will this affect the battle pass? Because a lot of the battle pass uh, tasks and everything like that are to do with, you know, a lot of them are to do with crafting. And also a lot of the rewards are different axes and different pickaxes and all that type of stuff that you use to farm material. Are they going to be worth as much anymore? Because I don't really care about them. as I, I never really cared about them, to be honest. But there'll be some people who don't care about them as much. Will they? How, like- how will that work out? Plus, the locations of chests in the game are set. So there are, you know, you a number of to. locations and then they're randomized in every game. So there may be, you know, 80% of them are filled. So you don't quite know where they're going to be every time, but you know where they could possibly be. Some of them are, some of them are in places that really you could only get to or get away from using ramps and building. That's the only really thing I use building for is, you know, you run up to a, a petrol station, you know, there's probably going to be a gun on the roof. So you've built a ramp, you grab it and you keep running. You can't do that now. I mean, you could go in there, I guess you could break it down to grab stuff. Well, that, that was going to be my question is if the world is still as destructible as it is, then I think pickaxes and stuff like that still have their purpose. And maybe they change so, like some of the interior design so that, um, you know, let's say you break down a wall, you break it in two halves. So you've, the first half it is a slope and you can walk up that slope. See, I think that that would that'd be changing the game up too much. I don't think they're going to do anything like that. I It'll feel be like, cool. Yeah, then you have two entirely separate like products that mechanics you have to basically. And and if you change one map too much, if you change the map itself to cater to non-builders, then builders won't be happy. So they've got to really walk a fine line here. And it, Fortnite's one of those games that's it's so big that hating it is kind of cool. So people are obviously. Probably at a heightened state of being pissed off with the game for no real reason, to be honest. Um, but uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how Epic handles this. I kind of hope they just say, you have a mode. There are two modes. Shut up. Shut up. I'm pretty play certain that's Let how the they will handle it. Let the old people play. Yeah. 
Simon, we're going to drag you into a game. Well, I mean, Simon, you, you've never really been interested in this game. And I think no, no that's probably to do with you're not interested in, as, in Battle Royales kind of as a concept. Nah. But does this intrigue you any anymore? Like, was, was building one of the main things that was pushing away from it? No, uh, not really. Um, there's plenty, plenty of other reasons why I don't care for Battle Royale games. I don't really care for yeah. the forced PvP games. Um, I like having PvP as an option for a lot of things. But, you know, anyway... Um, yeah, it just. I think it's cool. I think it's. I think it's actually really good of Epic to put that out there and sort of change up the fundamentals of their game, and still offer, you know, the version that everyone is familiar with. Um, I think. I think it makes it interesting. I think it obviously opens it up to a much wider audience, which is great. But at the same time, I don't care. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's fair enough. Just, it may yeah. not be enough to. Br- I think it's not enough to bring new players in, but it's definitely. An, uh, I think judging from like their Twitch numbers, it's enough to bring people back. That's that yeah. could just be out of curiosity. Well, that's the thing. But I know I, I'm probably uh, as in, more invested than in Fortnite at the moment than I've been in a while. Because that was that because was, I feel like I'm going to have fun with it again. Because that was my thing is um like when you mentioned earlier that you know the player count's gone up a fair bit. I was thinking to myself, like, surely that's just because there's a lot of returning players because people go, oh, yeah, let's check out this new non-build mode. And, you know, oh, cool, there's a non-build mode, so all the people that don't bother building and are a waste of my time and effort or whatever won't be in the game, which means I'll have a proper challenge if I build a fucking castle in 0.5 seconds. No, they're, they're just scared of me. Don't worry about it, Simon. I swear, this game, <laughs> this game, this drink is making my brain feel wet. I don't know what I mean by that. This is a powerful tonic. I tell you that much. Yeah. I think by the end of this episode, I'm going to be floating. <laughs> Speaking of floating, Simon, you've been playing a, 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 a little pink boy. Oh God, that didn't sound right. That sounded very weird. Uh, I've been you playing were, the Kirby You've had this little pink boy following you around. <laughs> uh, no, Kirby. Trying not to make a suck joke. You've been playing Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Yeah. We both have actually. I, I bought it on the on the weekend um, solely to play it on a train trip. But instead, I didn't. I listened to podcasts and I watched a fight break out. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, it was something. Apparently, if you're from Castlemaine, you can't go on the train. That's illegal. So, yeah, I've heard it. Obviously, <laughs> okay. Um, Anyone who's yeah, ever no, been to I'm, Melbourne I'm for like baby, five minutes knows that. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a few missions into the game. Um, it is this is the first open world. Kirby game, and it's a proper reimagining of the character in the same vein as sort of Mario Odyssey with a real fresh take. I guess Mario's had more 3D adventures than Kirby has, um, but it was a real fresh, polished take on the character, and it felt like almost like a reimagining. That's what this feels like. Kirby Forgotten Land is Mario's Odyssey. Yes, that works out. Yeah, I would I would say, like, overall, yeah, I agree with that statement. Um, uh, this is this is interesting because I think from a game design perspective, this is actually really cool because Kirby has only ever been a two D side like a two D platform game, uh, even on the N sixty four Kirby sixty four and the Crystal Shards, awesome game, still holds up really well. Uh, you know, when everyone else was making their jump to three D, Kirby stayed two D. Even Donkey Kong made the jump to to three D for a bit, and. It was. It's interesting to see how the developers have handled Kirby, and you know, being able to fly. Because in theory, like, what's the point in designing like a cool level if the main character can just fly over it? Kind kind of sucks. But they've done a really, really good thing in limiting how far you can actually fly, like how high off the ground you can fly, how many enemies you can avoid, how many puzzles you can avoid uh, before you sort of have to interact with stuff. Yeah, it's weird. Like for a character that does nothing but suck, can't hold breath for very long. Sorry, go on. <laughs> Sake. Um, There's been so many blowjob um, jokes in this um, portion of the episode. So yeah, yeah. put the kids to bed. I mean, to be fair, to get a little bit blue. <laughs> Thinking of blowing. Go on. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm. I'm really <laughs> fucking hell. Come on. You've derailed Simon hey, Jesse. Yeah. Come on. Completely. Completely. I've been building up to this. Okay. Like I said. The last few weeks, I've been getting a lot of accusations of derailing the episodes, and I think I've been, been good. Save my head when planning this. So, planning so now, this now okay. you're like, fuck it, I'm going to live up to the reputation and derail the episode. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
it's interesting. I, I really do enjoy, I'm really enjoying the way Kirby plays at the moment. I like the, the, there's a lot of fun little interactions that you can do. For example, uh, one of the levels in a shopping mall, you can find the enemies just sat there at a like dinner table, like in a food court, having burgers and chips. Or you can go to like outside of a cake shop and they've got like a line of cake and you can just eat all the cake as you walk past and they look really sad. And it's really cute because it's just, it's just, there's just a, there's so much charm being thrown into this game. And Kirby- I love when you suck up one of the foxes and you spit it out and it's, it's friends like, what a Jongo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of that. And like, so the main sort of gimmick of the game, well, there's two gimmicks to it. You, you are tr- transported to a, a distant, world, uh, you know, a forgotten land, future, who knows what if it is. you will. You're transported to The Last of Us 2, basically. Uh, it's The Last of Us 2 done in Nintendo, a Nintendo color scheme. It looks gorgeous. I love the setting. Just this post-apocalyptic rundown city. Um, but you go around and you you suck, up, suck off or suck up or whatever you want to call it. Um, different characters around the world. Okay. <laughs> and you gain their abilities. Uh, not just people as well, but also items. So if you want to suck off a fridge or sorry, a vending machine, you can and you get the ability to shoot cans out. Uh, but the first main thing you, you you do that to is a car and you become the car. So this is called mouthful mode when you take on the uh, the, uh, the abilities, I guess, of objects around the world. And as the car, you drive around, it's pretty cool, but that's what cuts into the opening title sequence. And it is so damn cute. And then- Because this real poppy song starts playing. Yeah, you hear the radio. And Kirby's driving along and just closes his eyes. Like, it's like, I'm at peace. This is fun. I am fast. I've got the wind in my hair. It is the most peaceful look. And I loved it so <laughs> much. My heart just was glowing. That could be because of this drink. Yeah, probably. Um, but I felt like this, this game- Though it hasn't really explained much of the story, and I hope it does, because I'm kind of confused by some elements of it. Again, I'm not a, I've never really played the old Kirby game, so there could be a bunch of already baked in lore, but then again, this is a, a new game, so you need to explain it. Um, you find out small things about characters by picking up little like gashapon pods. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of end of the level, you open them up and it tells you a bit about the character. Uh I have a question for you, Simon. Go on. Why do I feel like I'm the aggressor in this situation? Because all of the characters, all the enemies, very cute animals, little birds, little foxes, echidnas, very adorable rabbits. And I'm walking through there having just sucked off some sort of fireman. That's a weird sentence to say during a Kirby game. But now I can spit fire out and I'm just burning the forest down. I feel like I'm not the good guy here. Well, you are the good guy because... It's the, I forget what, the Beast Pack, I believe is what they're called in game. Um, The ones that, uh, they created the portal that sucked up all the Waddle Dees. What do you mean they created the portal? The fox, he doesn't have a fucking thumb. He can't use a screwdriver. What do you mean? No, 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 no. Like the foxes foxes are like the low level grunts, you know, they're they're just part of a big organization. Why are they so cute? I don't know, but they are adorable. And if you do the shopping mall level that I was talking about before, there are quite a few times where you can ignore them and not fight them. Oh no, I'll kill and every single one of them. No, no, no. Like I, I enjoyed no, walking I'm like the through- hunter who shot Bambi's mum. I'm a cleaning shop. <laughs> I, I was I really enjoyed walking through and just, you know, there's a burger and some chips on a table and there's two little foxes sat either side and I just walk in I jump onto the table, eat their burger and their chips and walk off. And they just like you're like a big what? pink seagull. Nah, I'm going to go in there. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go in there with my gun because at one point you get a gun. You get a gun. You do get a gun. That's fun. Kirby's uh, got a gun. Yeah. That's actually quite a fun power up. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, what what do you think of the whole sort of uh, the, the mouthful mode gimmick? So, so far I've been the car. I've been a traffic cone, which you can use to sort of jump up and pierce the ground beneath you. There's some cool puzzles with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, like when you have to like destroy these big turtles, you have to go on their back and stuff like that. Uh, the vending machine. 
and like water towers that normally contain the some of the little, the little lost dudes. Um, I've also been a set of stairs. <laughs> Oh, yes, the yeah. stairs were shit. <laughs> what do you do as a set of stairs? <laughs> literally, you literally fall, fall, you can fall, fall over. Inside. You can fall over. So normally when you when you uh, take on the properties of like the car, for example, you can use the turbo dash or whatever, and you can jump. Um, the vending machine, you can jump. Like and you can, most cars. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, of course, every car's got turbo on it. God. Jump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and jump. Every Just car has a jump on it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like with the vending machine, you can jump and you can spit out cans and stuff and blah, blah, blah. And it's so funny because the stairs, the only thing you can do, you can't even jump. The only thing you can do is just fall over. And it is funny as fuck because... It's a real like thud. Yeah, it's just... Bonk. I like it's the same sound comedy. as somebody falling down the stairs at night. <laughs> you know, like, oh, they're a little bit groggy and they're going down the stairs and they fall. It's quite funny if it's not you. That's the sound it makes. But it's violent as well because when you're in those sections, the game throws little groups of enemies at you because you, you're meant to fall in them at certain, at certain times. Yeah. Uh, so you have like three of these adorable little foxes. They're some of the cutest characters in the game. They run up to you and you just crush them under tons of steel and whatever alien <laughs> rubber Kirby is made out of. It's horrific. Well, um, sorry, just go back to the vending machines though. Something I really like about them is you have limited cans. Yes, I enjoy that. So you that. have 20 cans, and when you spit them out, you have to go pick them up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's really there, fun. There's a, chance, there's a chance the cans will break, so you can't pick them all up. But yeah, there's you can pick them back up if you have to. Now, I'm not I'm not all that far into the game, um, and this is just sort of our first early impressions of, yeah, of the title. Yeah. So they will uh, well, maybe we'll have an update next episode. I am worried about how repetitive things are sound to feel already. Now I compared it before to Mario Odyssey and I've got, I've got a lot of gripes with Mario Odyssey, like the, especially some of the level design, but I found those little puzzles to, you know, to get all the items in the level were, were quite different every time. I think it was a really nice range of environmental puzzles you had to, to, to solve. The ones here, maybe Kirby is directed at a bit of a younger player base Def- than Mario. Definitely is. But even then I'm finding it very, very basic. But look, early days. Um, I'm sure things will be a bit more complex down the track. Well, from a slightly different perspective, as someone who's more familiar with Kirby, there in the previous, I think, two games, there have been free updates to the game, uh, like to, to uh, basically provide like challenge modes and stuff like that. So those who do want a little bit more of a challenge, that is there. Um, the game launches with the, I think, the easy mode and the wild mode or whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, yeah, it was the, the easy mode had a really fun name for it. Yeah, I can't remember I can't what it was. But yeah, there was a wild mode I'm, I'm, and I'm then there was a sort of a story. In- I see a story mode. Yeah. Uh-huh. A story mode, quote, a video game podcast hey. available on Spotify and iTunes. Um, but yeah, so the, the easy mode is going to be even easier. I've been playing it on wild mode the whole time. It's not been I a challenge. Most people, most people will. Yeah. Um, but it, it's not so much that. It's actually the way the game's designed. Yeah, I, I think yeah. there's. I wish there were a few more like secret areas you can find. Yeah, I think we'll see how it sort of evolves from there. But I do have a question for you. You both, mainly Simon. Here. I want to try you to try and sell us on some things, um, or we can kind of brainstorm this as a group. So we've had Breath of the Wild was sort of a fresh reimagining of Zelda. Oh yeah, for people who have just stepped into the into the franchise. Such as myself, I stepped into you know a, a Zelda game for the first time. Absolutely adored it, and I, I'm very excited for Breath of the Wild two, which has been delayed to next year. I'm uh, so sad. Mario, but I'm also same deal. It. I was never, I never really grew up with Nintendo games. So I never really played any Mario games. Played Odyssey again, liked it, didn't love it, but I, I actually I did love some areas. New Donk City, I would live there. New Donk City is a of, like a lot of good jazz music there, um, and I feel like that's the same thing with, with Kirby. Hey, the Switch can do a lot more than any previous Nintendo console could. Let's do a proper open world, really bright, really fun game. And I think it's a, it's a great jumping in point for the character. What other Nintendo mascot characters do you think need a similar reimagining? Uh, and how would you do it? Two main games, uh, two main franchises come to mind immediately. Um, so if you'd asked me this like a year ago, I would have said Metroid. Um, but oh, they like, it though. But Metroid mm. Dread is incredible beyond words. So 
But also, I don't feel like that is a complete reimagining of it. No. Perf- it's just a perfect version of what it was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but um, first one being Star Fox. We need a good, a new good Star Fox game. As it stands, we have Star Fox, uh, Star Fox 1 or Star Wing, as it was called in Europe, on the, on the SNES. And then you had Star Fox 2, which didn't actually get released on the SNES until the SNES Mini Classic came out 20-something years later. Um, That game never actually got into a proper production cycle. But yeah, that's now available. Um, Then you had uh, Star Fox 64, or Lilac Wars, as it was called in Europe, which was... I've never played any old Star Fox games. So these are all on-rails shooters. You, that doesn't ask. I always thought they were on rails, which yeah. seemed dumb and stupid so, and lame. The N64 game has a really fun thing, which is when you get to like the end of some levels, you go into a boss fight and you go into what's referred to as all range mode. Um, and basically you're in a big arena and that's it. And you can control your your uh, ship as you want to. And you can sort of, you know, steer around and do like cool side turns and like backflips and shit and do some really cool shit. Um, And it's really fun and really good for the handful of boss fights that it's in. I think the problem with Star Fox is that how do you make it more engaging without limiting it to that sort of mode? So I... I, Does he ever get out of the ship? Does he do stuff? uh, Yeah, in Star Fox Assault on the GameCube. Um, as simple as that. Give, give, give me a planet to explore. I fly my ship around. I upgrade my ship to do different things. Unfortunately, Star, Fo- Star Fox Assault wasn't um, as good as it should have been. It was It was still a good game. It was one of the last rare games um, that they made exclusively, obviously, for Nintendo before the Microsoft buyout. Um, so that was it was cool. Like, it was a fun game, but there was some some aspects of it were kind of shit. And people... Like, if I, th- if I hear Star Fox, I hear... Uh, shooter like i i hear a a plane based shooter a, give me a, cool dogfights like, if you will give me give me a cool dogfight give me something like um what's the franchise ace assault or whatever like give- what was that game and we talk about it far too often it was a ps3 game where you flew a plane using the uh six axis and you could land it and it became a tank war something war frame no warhawk make it warhawk <laughs> Warhawk 2, Star Fox. Don't listen to him. Don't yeah, do listen, to me, Nintendo. Uh, listen to me. I've drunk the brain tonic. I'm running at a different level to these guys. <laughs> it's like Lucy. Let's go. God, that was terrible. Terrible concept for a movie. Um, I, I would just like to explore them because he seems like a cool character. He's got a cool jacket. I think, I think I, I, in definitely... my head, I'm almost picturing um, some of the old Ratchet and Clank games where you fly planet to planet and you're having, having to fix up your ship. I would love that concept, but yeah. on one planet. That, that could be cool. So that planet has different biomes, and you have to upgrade your ship in certain ways to fly between each one, and there are aerial, is aerial combat in you know between each area. Yeah, I, I, really I, th- cool. I think that could be cool. I also think um, there might be there might be best to take, I think, like maybe a Fire Emblem approach, which is in between missions, you have your downtime, you can interact with the characters, you can interact with your crew and talk to people and get to know them, yada, yada. You can maybe recruit a couple of characters as you go by um, throughout the story. And then your missions are the dogfights in a specific area. And it's that all range mode, like the N64, where you are limited to a, to a particular arena. Um, but make the arenas relatively big, make them feel spacious, but also make the craft, like the, air, the spaceship, quick so that way you're not just following behind things and taking too long to do anything i think that would be a really cool way to do it and you can get that character development that you want and get to know certain things about certain characters and stuff i feel like that could be really cool how about you keelan are there any nintendo characters you want sort of reimagine or you want to kind of discover for the first time in the same way i am when i was kirby i don't know that's kirby. The, only, the, the only thing that jumps to mind is maybe pikmin i don't know if that's even justified or anything but i don't know i'm kind of interested in the franchise like it's it's different to the rest of nintendo's stuff it seems vastly different in terms of like its approach it's uh, even just the aesthetic of it it seems quite different it's not a franchise i've never got into that's but i've been intrigued by it the appeal and there was the newest pikmin came out how many years ago a while ago a while ago four years ago no more than that 
Because um, there was I don't know how time works anymore. There was Pikmin three on the Wii U, and then Pikmin three Deluxe that came out onto the Switch. Um, so it's the same game, basically. Yeah, yeah. Literally, literally literally three, four years ago, yeah. Uh, on the Switch. Yeah, a couple of years ago on the Switch, but yeah, it was. Um, it's older than that. <laughs> the the mm. game itself is um, older than that. So we haven't had a new entry I into want, the franchise. Because I often think whenever I play a Nintendo game that the most fascinating characters are the villains. I would love a game where you get to see you play as a villain. How cool would it be? Almost like a Wreck-It Ralph sort of situation where you're walking through a place and you're seeing all the cutesy villains from... Mario games and Kirby games, stuff like that, all in the same room. They've done it before. They've got all their characters before to play tennis and to fight and to go go-karting. Great. Give me something fun based, like, you know, similar vibe to Odyssey and and uh, and Kirby. We're kind of going world to world and you're talking to the different villains and stuff like that. Give me that. All I want. All I want is a completely new franchise, Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, well, the the second franchise I want to see make a proper return. I don't want this to be reimagined. Particularly, I just want it. I, I just want a new fucking game. I want a new fucking F Zero game. Give me motherfucking yeah. F Zero. We haven't had a new F Zero game since the fucking GameCube. Like what the fuck? Don't give it to Nintendo because he's swearing too much. Okay. Yeah. The F in F Zero, sir, does not stand for fuck. Okay? It should. <laughs> Fuck zero. Fuck zero. There were more than zero fucks in that one sentence. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Now, let's move on to the last topic of of the evening, unless you listen to this during the morning. You can listen to it as many times as you want. Sony Spartacus, codenamed Spartacus, became a reality this week. Spartacus being uh, the revamped version of PlayStation Plus. I'm going to try and avoid comparing it directly to Game Pass, though that is where your brain will go when you hear this. That's the thing, yeah. Sony's come out and they've revamped um, PlayStation Plus with an announcement on the PlayStation blog. Now, I'm going to read through the three, three tiers that oh. um, PlayStation Plus is being broken into. Uh, this will launch in, in June. And to be honest, this is exactly what I thought it would be, which is boring. <laughs> but I digress. Uh, First level, PlayStation Plus Essential. It's basically what PlayStation Plus is right now. Uh, You get two monthly downloadable games, exclusive discounts, uh, which is the discounts off the PlayStation Store. Don't count for shit. Uh, Cloud storage for saved games, online multiplayer access. Um, There's no no changes for PlayStation users at this this tier. Uh, And that's... We don't have have established Australian prices yet because there is a pricing restructure. But just using the US dollar um, uh, details we've got, that's $9.99 a month, 24, so 25 bucks quarterly, and 60 bucks yearly. The new tier two, PlayStation Plus Extra. So you get all the, all the benefits from the first tier, the essential tier, adds a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games, including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog and third party partners. Games in the extra tier are downloadable for play. Uh, just expand on that a little bit. Off those 400 games, they have confirmed big titles, Death Stranding, God of War, Marvel's Spider-Man, Marvel's Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Mortal Kombat 11, and Returnal. So that's nothing to sneeze at. That is a goddamn good lineup. Yeah. Um, an interesting thing to notice there is a lack of PS3 titles. Because we mentioned this before, PS3 titles were made with a very different system. Uh, using a different uh, thing called the cell processor, which makes getting backwards compatibility for that console a bit of a nightmare, but we'll touch on on that a bit more in a moment. Uh, The PlayStation Plus Extra, second tier, 15 bucks a month US, uh, 40 bucks quarterly or 100 bucks yearly. And then you have PlayStation Plus Premium for the real royalty. Provides all the benefits of essential and extra tiers. Uh, adds up to 340 additional games, including PS3 games available via cloud streaming. Every Australian just kind of winced at that. PlayStation Now. Uh, a catalogue of beloved classic games available in both stri- streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP generations. Offers cloud streaming access for original PlayStation, PS2, PSP, and PS4 games offered in the extra and premium tiers and markets, where PlayStation Now is currently available. So not here. 
Customers can stream games using PS4 and PS5 consoles and PC. It's gonna be 18 bucks a month, 50 bucks a quarter, or $120 yearly. Now there is a little addendum at the bottom. PlayStation Plus Deluxe for select markets, which will be Australia. For markets without cloud streaming, PlayStation Plus Deluxe will be offered at a lower price compared to premium and include a catalog of beloved classic games for the original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP generations to download and play, along with time-limited game trials. Benefit from essential and sorry, benefit from essential and extra tiers are also included. Local pricing will vary by market. Now, PlayStation Australia hasn't come out and confirmed exactly what we're getting here or the pricing structure as of recording. Um, we will touch upon that in, in future when we get those details a bit more fleshed out. But just initial looks. This is super early days for what this is going to be. Keelan, what are your what are your thoughts? Uh, so it's really, really hard not to look at this and say like, oh, kind of crap compared to Game Pass. So it's hard not to do that, but this isn't the same as Game Pass. The key differentiator being that games are not coming out day one on PlayStation Plus. That is like the big thing with Game Pass. You get all of Microsoft's big first party exclusive games on day one when you have a Game Pass subscription. You do not get that with PlayStation Plus, no matter what level you're on. Um, so you got to shift your thinking to think about the value that it does offer. And I think the place that it has so much value is for people who are new to the PlayStation ecosystem, people like me. Yeah. Where yeah, you have four, five hundred PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5 games that you can just access and download and play. That's fucking beautiful. Sorry for my language, but that is awesome. That is really exciting for me. Um, there are a lot of games that you mentioned there before, um, which I'm super keen to get into. Spider-Man, for instance. One thing that I did want to note is that the PlayStation Plus Collection... I'm trying to get the names right because there are so many freaking oh different God, things so with different bad. names and yeah. it's all terrible. The PlayStation <laughs> Plus collection has a lot of the games in it that are now going to be featured in the PlayStation Plus extra version. So, like, I, I, I'm struggling to see. Are they taking them away from the collection? They, they are pushing PlayStation now and the PlayStation Plus collection behind a bush so we don't notice them at the it, moment because they've just been absorbed into this. It's just, yeah, the, you know, there's a lot of like, there are so many questions that I have in theory, in concept, on a, in the grand scheme of things, when you step back and look at it as a whole, that has a lot of value proposition for people who are new to the yep. PlayStation ecosystem. For people who are not new to the ecosystem, perhaps a bit less. So I don't know. What about you? You're one of those people, Jesse. What do you think? Well, I think yeah, yeah, I want to just stop on the, the point you made about comparisons to Game Pass. And I completely agree. I think the natural knee-jerk reaction is to compare it to Game Pass, but that is like comparing a show that has is about to air a pilot to Seinfeld, okay? Game Pass <laughs> is baked into gaming right now. It is the best value deal you can possibly get in the gaming space. And it is, it is Xbox. It mm. is Microsoft. It when is I think of playing my Xbox, I'm not thinking of playing Xbox. I'm thinking of playing Game, game Pass. Pass. That's, that's what it is. It's a Game Pass machine now. Mm. It's on a completely different level. And like you said, they're offering slightly different things. Um, with the lack of um, day and date launch titles, there's an interesting quote. There's an interview with Jim Ryan regarding this. And he basically said, in lack of a better term, it's not financially viable. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah, he's right. He, he, he is right. Because, look, I love the day and date stuff on Xbox. Forza, Psychonauts, uh, Halo. Yep. Great stuff. But, and again, this is just my opinion on it. The PlayStation first party titles are, are a different are a tier above. They are, they are films that you press buttons to operate. <laughs> They're on a different level and they cost more to make. I kind of like that they're not going to be like, yeah, we'll give these out for free. Because I think over time we would see a, a, dim a diminishing in quality. And that's of the PlayStation quality. I'm not just saying that PlayStation games are better than Xbox games because they, they're just different things. But I think that 
typical PlayStation vibe you get from those games would diminish, and I think that'd be a real loss. You, you, uh, I like that they're keeping those premium titles at a premium cost. You really, need I, to I've, think, got, I've got no issue with that. You need to think about what Jim Ryan said as well. Like, it's not financially viable. So think about the number of people who download and play uh, Xbox exclusives via Game Pass on day one. It is just exponential, exponentially, dramatically lower than people who purchase. Uh, PlayStation. You should drink exclusives. some of this brain tonic. I need it right now. I'm It'll so tired. <laughs> um, it, it's just dramatically lower than the number of people who buy their PlayStation big exclusives day one in the fir- even in the first week. It's just so much lower. So for Sony, it just it does not make sense financially to do that. It, you can't. There's no need to. It'd be stupid. Different to. beast. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a completely, completely different beast. Different business model. So you can't compare. Plus, Microsoft much bigger company can absorb costs, can absorb loss on a, on a scale that Sony just can't really fathom right now. Uh, I, I've got no, no, absolutely no problem with this. My main issue with this whole tiered system is that there are three tiers and holy shit, why is this confusing? Hell, man. Yeah. Have what two the- tiers. Have your basic. PlayStation Plus, I think is a quite good program. And yeah, yeah. yes, if you look on a macro level, it's like, oh, this month's games are shit. Look over it over the last 12 months and the quality of games being re- released in that service has jumped up exponentially. Uh, I, think, use that word. I think at the moment, um, um, the place, one of the PlayStation Plus free offerings is uh, Slay the Spire, which is an incredible game for those that are interested. Like, in the past, you know, we've had you know, Spider-Man days gone. Yeah, I think God of War on it recently. Final Fantasy VII remake as well. Final Fantasy VII, yeah. That, I mean, that's why I got it. Yeah. It's been really good, good stuff. So keep that as it is. That's fine. And then you have your premium level with all your added extras, blah, blah, blah. The, the, one thing that really stood out to me, um, and look, there's a space that I'm trying to get more acquainted with, I guess, it, within the it, within video gaming. Um, and that's sort of uh, disabled gamers. How, how do they play games? Like how important are... Uh, Accessibility options in games. Like I've started following a few different people on, um, uh, on Twitter who have sort of like opened my eyes to that a little bit more. Mm. And something that they mentioned ages ago was how important demos can be, because it lets them play a game for free, and say, "Does this w- work the way I need to work?" Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Can, can I can I play this? Does it have what it, you know the accessibility options and stuff like that that I need to enjoy it? Unfortunately, especially like, for example, with Elden Ring came out recently. That's a very inaccessible game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of these people picked it up and said, look, I have to return it. I, I love the concept. I love the idea. For it. It's just not for me. And now, you know, they could possibly be out of pocket. Why are we putting game trials at the top tier? Yeah, that's a weird. That's dumb. I, I don't- that should be just a basic thing. That was my... Um- my question as well, what do you mean by game trials? What do you mean by time limited? And what games yes. would this, like what game would qualify for like a game trial? Is it like brand and, new? Well, really, well, here's the thing as well. They did Death Stranding recently had a game trial come out. And I think that, that may have been testing the waters for what exactly this would be. And look, this um, model that they have announced will change. After it releases in a few months time, it'll it'll be quite different in in six, 12 months as they they learn from it. And I hope that's one of the lessons they learn that timed trials, fair enough to an extent, um, but is that like it's only available for X amount or you download it, but you can only have it for X amount? I think it should be one of those things that if you download it, you keep it, it's yours. Here's the thing, right. Um, First off, will this be separate to, you know, a a developer published demo that you can download off of the PlayStation store. If a game has a demo available, is it then excluded from the game Ooh, trials or is it? That's a very interesting question. Cause you know, like for example, final fantasy strangers of paradise, right? They had a demo. D- does that demo then mean that I can't, it's not going to be included in the game trial or is that a separate thing? How does that work? I, I, I th- think that the cyberpunk trial that they released when they did the next gen update is the template for how that will work going forward it Didn't just makes did that. sense i do, yeah, i had yeah, no fucking clue it's like <laughs> you've got five hours you can play the game it's the full game that you've downloaded 
after the five hours expires, you can choose to purchase the game or not. But regardless, your save data exists there if you want to do so. <laughs> okay, that's cool. So that's, I, don't, that's I, I, I don't mind that because at, the, at, has, at that yeah. point, speedrunners yeah, yeah, right. yeah. have totally three hours could. to... Speedrunners just but Simon, come a, everywhere. A speedrunner in Cyberpunk, but how would they break the game? Oh, I don't know. They probably just need to sneeze. That will... <laughs> Killen, he explained my joke. Simon, <laughs> I drank this brain tonic for that joke. My brain's feeling very Get a wet, refund. Okay? Get a very refund. warm, very wet. <laughs> um, but I don't think that this is fair to compare it to Game Pass for all the reasons that we've already yeah. mentioned. I think actually the closer comparison would be the Nintendo Switch Online offering. I think that I, is I'm more akin the store, to it. Unlike Nintendo's, the Nintendo Switch store is usable. Yes, but uh, <laughs> with that being said, like if, I mean, Nintendo Switch Online only has two uh, price brackets really at the moment, um, which is the standard, uh, which obviously gets you the online connectivity for multiplayer games and stuff like that. Uh, save cloud, save backup, which shouldn't be paywalled. Like I don't understand why that's paywalled. Fuck that. Agreed. Fuck you. Like that's not cool. Um, <laughs> and being able to access the uh, Nintendo Switch Online backlog, as it were, of the NES and uh, SNES titles that they have made available at a very weird pace and there's no fucking consistency in what quality they give you or anything like that so you know you might go four months not hearing anything then all of a sudden hey fucking Earthworm Jim 2's come out baby let's fucking go because that happened last week yes but then there's the expansion pass for it the expansion pack I guess and that has N64 and Sega Genesis and that also has the DLC for Animal Crossing and the DLC for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So that's kind of cool. It's a shame the Nintendo 64 emulation still kind of sucks. Like, it's better. It's a lot better than when it first launched. Uh, games like Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask are actually playable in the way they should be and, you know, not completely fucked. But at the same time, there isn't enough there. There's not a substantial enough of an offering for me to go, cool, that's worth the extra investment because that's a pretty decent price hike as well with the expansion pack uh, compared to the base game, to, to the base Nintendo Switch Online. So I, I feel like that's probably a, a better comparison because you're getting the emulation of older games. Um, well, something that is it's just a weird. little bit disappointing with the older games is, so obviously Game Pass brought a lot of old games back, but with... Um, FPS boost. Yeah. And that made them feel fresh. It made them feel really, really good. It doesn't sound like so far we're getting anything like that with some of these patient titles. And these things are going to, these things are going to chug. What is it? How, how many games do they said they bring you back? Like, okay, so there's 340 additional games and then the original has 400. So you're looking at a close to 800 games, about 750 games. There's going to be some ones who that never ran great back in their heyday. They're mm. going to seem worse now. I, I, I Jesse, I, one of the I'm not sure that that is the case. So, um, frame rate boost is something specific where frame rates were were, were doubled through clever math. Um, for games that ran at 30, they'd run at 60. For some games that ran at 60, they'd run at 120. Um, what I think might happen is that because the PS5 is like dramatically more powerful, if the port is working correctly you should just have a yeah, stable frame rate at the cap that it, that it is at. it should do that though, but for some games something to remember though it won't is some people like it sounds like we we'll be able to play some of these games the ones that you stream at least on pc mm. so you could also run to issues there i think there will be a little bit of polishing they may need to do some titles and i hopefully we we uh Hopefully I don't think we it's going to happen. Well, because here's the thing, um, and I'm going to sort of very quickly touch upon emulation because I watch uh, the emulation space quite a bit because I've got a couple. I've got a handheld emulator. It's really cool little device, um, and sort of watching that space is really interesting at the moment and seeing how emulators are developing. PS3 is consistently one of the single hardest consoles to emulate. Emulators, that goddamn cell processor. But like emulators mm. can run fucking Switch games at sixty FPS consistently, and will struggle to have a PS3 game run at anything above twenty frames per second. So, however, Sony are planning on doing this. This is going to have to be something really fucking robust, which explains 
to me, at least in part, why they're only saying about streaming PS3. But at the same time, they have all of the information they need to fucking reverse engineer a PS3. They've got all of the original information that they should fucking need to create an emulator that works flawlessly. But I, I know that's way easier said than done. And I know that it's not always, you know, that black and white. But I feel like, hopefully, if there's going to be a good PS3 emulator, it's going to come directly from Sony. Well, I mean, Keelan, you, you mentioned before that it looks like they are working on some PS3 stuff? Yes, Jeff Grubb actually mentioned that... Uh, Grubb a, Snacks! Yeah, there's a very, very solid chance that PS3 emulation is going to be on the cards, but he was very clear as well, it's going to be a while. The nice thing about emulating a specific console on another console is that you can write the emulator based off the hardware, the hardware configuration of that console. All PS5s are the same. So you can essentially get it yeah. running like that, whereas all the, the PS3 emulation we have right now are PC-based, and PCs can come in all shapes, forms, yeah, sizes, yeah, and true. power envelopes and everything. So it's a, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen through Sony because they do have the hardware and the knowledge and everything to make that happen. But this is a hard task. So that's what makes and I mean, makes me a bit considering dubious about it. The fact that it took about 18 months for Sony to spit out some uh, colorful plastic cases for the PS5. I'm sure they'll get on to that real quick. Um, uh. Look, one of the most disappointing things about this um, whole reveal and look, Australia is not going to get the premium version of this quality. I'm not talking about the premium tier, but just what this is going to be at at best, unfortunately. Just we live in the 1920s over here. It's pretty garbage. Um, but something that really bummed me out was just the way this, this was announced. It reminded me of I, I think it was the the PS5 headset they announced a few years ago when the showcase of them talking about like, oh, this is how the burns and the inner ear work and blah, 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 blah. Nobody give a shit. Nobody fucking cared. But they are sometimes just too cold with how they announce stuff. If this was yeah. a real short hype trailer and they showed a few games that you're going to be able to play, they show off Shadow of the Colossus, Ico, Burnout Takedown, Metal Gear Solid 4, which you can't play anywhere else. Give me Simpsons they Wrestling, show, baby. This is what this could be. Simpsons Hidden Run, Abe's Odyssey, <laughs> fucking cooler world, okay? Spark that excitement and imagination of people and tap into the nostalgia mm. and people will be talking about this right now. Because just saying, hey, 700 games are coming out, Cool, and we can all <laughs> hypothesize what these well, games could be, but no doubt there'll be a few games we're let down about. Because that's the thing, actually, you've just reminded me of when the PlayStation Classic came out. Or, sorry, when it was first announced. And it's like, oh, yeah, we've got like 25 games or whatever. And people are like, cool. What are they? And they're like, yeah. hey, you guys really like Final Fantasy VII, right? Do you want it on like literally the 20th platform it's ever been available on? Yeah, look at it. Wait till they have the um <laughs> wait till they have the PS what three mini and put Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I haven't played that since anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly sort of the same thing. Like one it's, before ah, we it's so close. Before we wrap up, quite. there's something else I want to bring up because we were talking about the day and date titles. They're not gonna do that with their big launch, you know, their their, their big showcase games. And I actually think that's completely understandable. Um, I do understand why people would be let down by that, but I think it's understandable. Uh, maybe if there was to be was to be three tiers, the top tier should include that, and maybe just cost a bit more. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind paying that anyway. Um, what about third party games? I mean, we've had a lot of games launch via PlayStation Plus. Um, Bug Snacks, uh, Fall Guys started on, on, as a PlayStation Plus thing. Um, what about those? Do you reckon we'll still get those? And if we do get those, will they still be coming to? The, the basic PlayStation Plus, because you, you don't want to diminish the existing service. That's why I think the three tiers is confusing, because if you just you, it needs to be clear cut. Kind of like we were talking about this before the show, how they've got um, Game Pass, Game Pass Ultimate, and Games of Gold. I don't know, nor care to find out what Games with Gold is. I have mm. Game Pass Ultimate, and I seem to have everything. Um, one of the reasons it took me so long to finally get my head around what Game Pass can offer 
it's because of the confusing messaging and because there seem to be so many different types of Game Pass. I still think Game Pass Ultimate for the PC slash console version is a really bad name because yeah, that's nothing terrible. in Ultimate says, oh, it's both. It just sounds like more. So it's like, do you get more games with it? It's like, no, you can play them in different spots. Anyway, simplify it. Two tiers, that's all. Um, but back to my point, which I just went off, this brain talk is absolutely <laughs> killing me right now. Um, do we think we'll still get third-party launches via Sony? And do you think Sony will actually reach out to more places to try and get that, um, to give them, to give some games a boost? Potentially, as like a special hmm. occasion type thing. Yeah. Not I, often. I, I feel like this could be a really cool way to boost um, the, the signal for some of the... I guess, mid-tier games that might otherwise get sort of brushed aside. Uh, Things like your your Days Gone, um, where there's a decent amount... Don't let the developers hear you say that. (laughs) They'll fire. I will fight them as well. I don't give a shit. My point being that, like, it's... I think think if they push for the middle-tier stuff, that makes it really interesting. Because as it stands with Xbox Game Pass, you've got everything thrown at you immediately and that's really cool if you know what you're looking for if you don't you get overwhelmed and you're like i am you you do the same thing like when you're scrolling through netflix you just scroll and you don't make a decision it isn't clear what you want you don't know you're in a weird mood and you go i'll just i'll just go watch youtube if they if they promote like Again, like I said, middle tier games like Days Gone, you know, promote that right there on the front page. Like, hey, we recommend this new title to you. You go, yeah, right. It's not going to cost me anything. Fuck it. Yeah, might, might as well. Might as well. Might yeah. as well give it a go. I, I, I would. I would like something like that just every now and then, sort of a premium title that isn't. I'll, I think Days Gone may not be the best example because that was meant to be one of their premium games. It just didn't do as well. <laughs> it but just I think wasn't. games up the level of Bug Snacks. I think yeah. Bug Snacks was such a perfect free PlayStation Plus game. I loved it. I I had a ball with it, but I probably wouldn't have paid 60 bucks for it. But I had yeah. a, lot of, a lot of really, really good time for it with it. And that's why I talk it up so much because it's not, I'm not jaded by how much it cost me. <laughs> I, I hope that continues. I Look, this is a, a decent and safe announcement announced in a very boring way that's being kind of unfairly compared to Something it will never yeah. be, and probably not striving to be. I think. I think the better comparison is to Nintendo Switch Online, which offers a similar sort of thing with the emulation and the available games, plus game demos and stuff like that. You actually do uh, get exclusive de- game demos with Nintendo Switch. As long Online. as I can play Resistance Fall of Man, that's all I want. <laughs> I, have a, I, have, I have a quick question. So, Jesse, you won't be able to play Resistance because we won't have access to PS3 games um, here in ah, Australia. Um, and that really sucks um, because there are so many titles on the PS. I want to play the full game of Heavenly Sword. I'm so keen to play that. <laughs> oh man! And I just oh. there's nowhere to get it. Like I don't have a PS3 anymore. Um, that kind of thing. That's really frustrating. Um, I hate that the PS3 was one of my favorite generations of games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they fair. are locked behind this door. There is a golden veil of smoke in front of it. That's Elden Ring style. <laughs> I can't get it. The, the the sad thing about it and i don't know i just i don't understand why sony is so resistant to offering Fall of man um and you're gonna make that joke the, sorry what <laughs> you said, said, resistance, you said, said resistant man, and jesse went full of man of course oh, gross. anyway um, why the so resistant on of offering um ps3 streaming um the the my issue is that here in Australia, we're getting a different product on that top tier, right? Yeah, we're getting something yeah. different. Are we paying similar, like, like as far as as exchange rates and everything goes? I've read a few articles, um, and a lot of places have reached out directly to, to PlayStation. Um, I can't reach out directly to PlayStation because all I would ask for is, for instance, Fall of Man to come back. Um, they won't, they won't answer my calls anymore. <laughs> uh, they, they've, they're yet to, to come out and say anything, but that will get cleared up soon. I, I, they really need I to I think it's going to be quite comparable. I think they may absorb a bit of cost here. They would have I, to because we're not, we're yeah, not getting the you same don't, product. No, no, I know absolutely. PlayStation Now wasn't a, the big success they wanted it to be in the States, you know, in other territories and stuff. Um, if it was, though, I think there would have been backlash here 
because it just simply can't work as you would want it because we don't have the infrastructure for it. Um, I still thought bullshit that on of, that, but I yeah, think that's a yeah. Sony infrastructure problem more than anything else. No, 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 no that's what I'm saying. It, it's still an infrastructure so problem. It's not, right? not a we problem, it's a them problem. It's an us problem. Um, <laughs> I mean, We're all in this together. Exactly. Resisting um, the fall of man. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Uh, Nathan Hale. I'll just panic, sorry. I just have to name the characters. Um, <laughs> look, we're going to get more information about this in the next few weeks, and I think when they properly explain, A, what the games we're getting, and B, what does this look like for Australia, We'll do another episode. I think we'll touch upon it and go yeah. through it a bit more. That middle tier um, looks good, though, for me specifically. Actually, when I read this, yeah. the most the, the reason I got excited was for you, Keelan, because I know you've you've missed out on a lot of PlayStation titles. I have a lot um, of them now, but I'm still going to- Yeah, a lot of them now, but there's still have. a lot. And now yeah, I can yeah, tell you to loads. play some, you know, some absolute diamonds in the rough from back mm. in the day. And you can get into them, and oh, I, I want to see how much you enjoy them. I think this is a, it's a pretty cool time to be somebody new to the PlayStation ecosystem. I, mm. I, I quite like this. Agreed. For, for people who have been in it for the whole time, until we know what games we're going to get, we're probably not going to be all that hyped, but we'll see what happens. Mm. And we'll explain more in future episodes of Story Made Every Game Podcast. But if you want to listen to some of our old episodes, maybe pretend you're in a time machine. If you go right back, you can pretend, no, no, we started during COVID. Yeah. No, you can't pretend any of these were recorded in the good times, but you can go back and listen to some of the bad times. You can pretend. On Spotify and iTunes. The worst. So go search for Story Mode AVDM Podcast. We also have a show called Love Letters, which we're going to get back on track soon, where I interview uh, other content creators about games that hold a special place in their heart. Who wants to interview me about Resistance? No one? Fair enough. Uh, we need to get Jim Ryan in for that one. But he's not going to answer my calls, is he? <laughs> uh, while you're on Spotify and iTunes, also search for Fan Critical Podcasts. They keep our lives on. They are our mothers, brothers, and fathers. Um, and they look after us. So go give them a review, subscribe to them, do the same for us. If you want to keep up to date with all your video game news, such as Gex has a son, go to storymodegaming.com. Uh, if you want to keep up to date with everything else uh, that we're doing on socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Stormwood AUS. Of course, we're on Twitch. Because who's not on Twitch nowadays? At Stormwood AUS. You can keep up to date with all the games we're playing. Um, I think on Tuesday, we've got Lauren playing some Lake. Uh, Lockie's getting mad at the... What is it? Shadowverse? A card game? Yeah, what yeah. What are you playing this week, Sai? Uh, I think I'll be back on the Final Fantasy fourteen train. Beautiful. And I think I may play some Fortnite. Or, if I'm feeling particularly nasty, some Resistance. <laughs> Now that I have this capture card, I can. I can drag this whole thing down. Um, but yeah, tune in for that. It'll be a fun time. Um, of course, if you want to support in any other way, we're on Patreon. Just search for Fan Critical. Chuck a couple bucks our way. And maybe I'll promise to never mention Resistance, resistance again. Don't make promises you can't keep. That's our $10,000 tier. <laughs> okay. okay. But with that, tier one, tier two. I'm not going to say who's, who's who. Thanks for joining in. Hope you had fun. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, uh, yeah, think Nintendo that, Switch you? Online. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Simon, you wish you, could pay for me. you wish you could pay for me, okay, with my soft brain right now. <laughs> Anyone, thanks for listening. Hope you had fun with that. Hope that cleared up a little bit of the PlayStation news because I think it was announced in a very confusing manner. Mm. Hopefully that cleared it up for you or hopefully you're more confused. Who knows? Um, hopefully. But either way, stay safe, play some games, and we'll catch you next week. Mm, bye. 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 Forever.